Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the second part of the Full and Focus Q&A with Terry Angus. If you find yourself listening to this and you haven't heard the first part yet, probably a good idea to listen to that first just so it makes a little bit more sense. You can find this along with all our other Q&As on our website fullandfocus.com. For everybody else, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the first part. Uh, we're going to continue where we left off in the first part with Terry building up to that famous win over Carlisle. Really hope you enjoy it. Over to you, Terry. So we arrive at the ground, I'm there, and you're getting changed and all the rest of it. Go out for the warm-up. And as you come out of Carlisle, you get changed high up in the stand, come down some stairs, then you come pitch level, jump out, go out and pitch, look to the left. There's some Fulham fans dotted there. And I see them, and I'm thinking, oh, that's a fair turnout. It's not packed. Not in our foot. I'm thinking, fair play. Come on, boys. And I knew, I just knew we'd win. I don't know why, I just knew we'd win. Oh, and they had Matt Janssen as well, I think. Kids. Um, I think we've, we get changed and then we line up to come. And what you've got to do to come down the stairs at Carlisle, you come down some stairs, it's about, I think it's about 10 stairs, but the stairs are quite narrow. So you can't, you can't actually have two people come down the stairs. It's, it's a little bit tight to have two teams coming down. And yeah. we got on with their lads and their lads were all right with us. So as we're coming down, Morgs led us down first. I must have been coming somewhere at the back. So we're all kind of intermingled. Morgs stood at the bottom of the stairs. He turned round. And I don't know if it was instinctive. I've never really spoke to him about this. He looked up so he could see all... Their players and our players, and I think their captain was Warren Aspinall or Stevie Aywood, I can't remember. And he just looked up at all of us and he just went, come on the boys. That's all he said. No, no shouting, no all that rubbish. Come on the boys, that's all he said. And we just went, come on then. And you just looked around you, Dan, and you just thought, we're going to beat this. We are going to beat this. Went out there. The place, it, the noise hit me and I thought, shit, where have all these people come from? Look to my left, it was, well, you, you've seen the pictures, it was packed. I think they said there were 3,000 full of, it was chocker. And I said to myself, no way will I let you people down. Because if I take you back, um, let's see, that was 96 on it. I take you back three years before that I played at Shrewsbury for Northampton we had to win to stay in the league went 2-0 down my fault for the second goal I felt I'd let the fans down and all the rest of it got on the coach that day while everyone's celebrating that they stayed in the league and I'd said to myself never again will I put myself or supporters of a football club through that again so fast forward three years I go on to the pitch of Carlisle I look at all these Fulham fans and I said to myself I'm going to ensure you people go home happy honestly and I love games like that I was all about don't play me in shitty games that mean nothing play me in big games and I said on that pitch when uh, I think it was Matt Janssen who put them one up or Rory Delac one of them when they went one nil up oh shit Went back mm. in at half time and Mickey Adams went, You'll win this. Just 
keep doing what you're doing. You'll win this. Great, great, great speech. No, no ranting, no, you know, bloody Churchillian speech or anything. Just went, you will win this. Believe that you will win. And I thought, we will win this. And then when we get the equaliser, in front of them fans there, right? Great. And then Rod Strike, well, that that will just go down in folklore. Right. Well, it already that has. Strike, yeah. It already has. Without a doubt. Single, without a shadow of a doubt, that single strike, because that meant we got promoted. But right. I was, I was so. I mean, I was going to touch on this. I think it's the right time to touch on it, because you say it was that strike, but it wasn't. It was. It was. It was a team effort. You know, you you. You was very yeah. much a part of the whole season. We didn't get promoted because we beat Kyle. We got promoted because we was, uh, on paper, the second best team in the league. Yeah. Um, which I will touch on later because I still feel a bit short-changed because it should have been down to goal difference, but we will touch on that. But on paper, we were the second-best team. We went up on merit. We didn't go up because of Rodney McAree's goal. It's just That's just an iconic goal that, that went a long way to take us there. Do you, do you feel a little bit... Not bitter, but do you not, not look at it and think, he gets all the bloody plaudits and he probably played less no. games than anyone? No, not at all. I, maybe, maybe it's because of the way I am. Right? My job, my job was to ensure we didn't concede goals. The job of the others was different things. Mickey scored goals. Rod scored goals. Darren Freeman scored goals. Scotty scored goals. Boz scored goals. That's that's their job. I don't feel an ounce of bitterness. It's the other way round, actually, Dan. I feel total pride that I was part of that part of that and you're right when you say that strike did not mean we get promoted because of that you're right I think I can look at defining moments in that season which changed the course of the season there was loads I I could say Darlington away when Nick Cusack I kicked Robbie Blake who was a tremendous footballer dragged him off the sub come on who was giving it all the big and Coos grabbed him by the hand and stuck his nails in his air bicep and kind of said to him we're going to give you the same he shit it didn't see him again you win 2-0 away from home at Darlington you go up to Hull and a horrific first half performance and you go and beat them 3-0 you play Swansea I think I think it was Swansea I might have got that wrong someone anyway there was there was defining moments but when you look at Carlisle because that is the time that took us to promotion and you look at the strike I say give him all the credit he wants because you're right he didn't kick a ball for the team really but you know what when he was called upon typical of the squad Mm. he didn't sulk whereas if that was the team of 93, 94, they would have been sulkers. Oh, why am I playing? Oh, I'm not going to try. But mm. because of what Mickey Adams 
Tennessee pains me. I've got to get, I've got to get over it. Mickey Adams had created within the squad meant one we're all in it together. And yeah. so someone who come in, they come in knowing what they had to do and knowing the expectation on them because the rest of us would not accept anything other than that. That's what I'm saying. Do you, do you think Mickey Adams deserves all the plaudits for creating that camaraderie or do you think the foundations were laid by Ian Bramford? Oh, Ian Bramford. Without a doubt. So the Ian foundations Bramford, were put in place? Yeah. yeah, Ian Bramford laid them foundations because he came in and he went to the people, do you know what? You lot are a disgrace. Get out. If you're not willing to work hard, do one. So Ian Bramford laid the foundations from things like dressing up and having shirt and trousers when you went to evening meal on a Friday night to getting fit. So you didn't have now players who rocked up on a Monday, right, didn't train, and then all of a sudden on a Friday were being picked for the game on Saturday. You had players now who would train even half injured because Ian Bramford laid some foundations. Do I like him? Do I not like him? He's all right. If I see him, I'll chat to him on old guy now. So I'm a little bit more accepting of people. But what I would say, I'd pat him on the back and I'd go, you change Fulham Football Club for the better. And it's just a shame the way, I suppose, the fans treated him in the end but that's football yeah because it's like you know obviously I was only eight yeah. when Mickey Adams team so I'm not going to know the ins and outs of what Ian Bramford was like I can only go on what I'm taught and from from what people you know how people speak about him I, I thought he was a useless manager I just assumed oh no he wasn't very popular a bit of Bit of a Laurie Sanchez, you know. That, that, that's what we've had in, recently in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I just assumed, yeah, he, he wasn't very good. I mean, that, that's 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 a fair point, and people see that. But I like to, as I've got older, Dan, I, I kind of looked at things differently, and I looked at him, and he he had a monumental task, and the task was not only to change the fortunes of on the pitch, but change the mentality of it. And it, it's where do you start? So I'll use your bus analogy again. You've got a lovely bus, but it doesn't really run great, but it runs all right. Do you, do you want to fix it first and then make the journey better? Or do you just want to drive it as it is and the journey just becomes an average journey? Mm. And I think Bramford said to himself, well, look, I need to get results on the pitch, mm. but also I need to fix the culture of this football club. He changed the culture of the football club, and that included the board as well, by the way. So there was no cutting corners. Is that what you? That's what you're trying to get? Yeah, at? yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he said, right, this is how I'm going to do it. And to be fair, <laughs> is is he Mr. Popular? No. Is he amenable to the supporters? No. Is he a likable sort of character where he laugh and joke? No. Is he a dour northerner? Yes. But he's, he put things in place 
which made Mickey Adams maybe, just a maybe, look better than what he might have really been. Because Mickey then had a platform to work from. Right, rather right. than rather than Mickey had to spend a season trying to change the culture. So what Bramford did was bring Mickey in. Mickey played and was assistant mm. and could see it from the inside. And then by the time Mickey took over, he was already aware of what he had to do. What you're saying is um, the transition was made for Mickey. Yeah. yeah. Not, not fully, but I would say at least 60%. Because Mickey, being being a player, would then know what he needed to do. Right, okay. That um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, next question. Was there a sense of closure when we were promoted? Because, you know, obviously being part of a team that's relegated and, and then staying with that club, yeah. I'd imagine it haunts you. Closure? I, do you know what? I, I'm not sure if it's closure because I look at... The relegation squad was nothing like the promotion squad in any shape or form, whether that be talent, mentality, attitude, anything. So it was like two totally different teams, but working under the same football club name. Yeah. So that relegation, I was still getting used to the whole thing about, well, this, that and the other. I I can't remember, I don't know, I didn't play loads. But I remember relegated at Swansea, I think, if I remember rightly. And I'm, and I'm sure players there would have just thought, oh, I don't know, I'll go and get another club. Whereas mm. I was gutted, gutted I was. I remember sitting with Peter Barr. In fact, I remember I nearly kicked off with a Swansea fan, actually, who was taking the men, but that's another story. Um, I was chatting with Peter Barr, and, and, and I just thought, so closure, maybe not. But I'm pleased the promotion ended the way it ended because those group of players and the staff involved, I think, deserve that. But definitely, I know it sounds cliche, Dan, but definitely the supporters deserve that because in the dark days when you've got two and a half, three thousand, three and a half, four thousand people coming to watch you mm. and it's pissing it down with rain and the, the football shit. And down the road, they can go and watch Chelsea or QPR and they're choosing to come and watch their club. I think those people totally deserve that. And it's a memory that should stay with them even through your European glory days. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it is. It is. Good. Of course it is. That's why I contacted you, mate. I can't tell you enough how loved your team is. Just honestly, you are legends. Because yeah, if it, if it right. wasn't if it wasn't for your team, none of it would have happened. So it's it, even you know Al fired you know I worship I worship worship the man for what he did for Fulham. But if we hadn't got promoted, would it have been an attractive proposition for no. him? You know, having I, that you, extra you promotion to to yeah, make. I, I get you. I get you. But but I, I say this, and people have asked me, and you know, maybe this is maybe question or not. But people have asked me, oh, you're not disappointed to leave. And, and I always say this to anybody who asks, for the club to go in the direction they wanted to go, the players who were there in 96, after who won that promotion in 96, right, 
were not good enough to take the club where they wanted to go at the pace they wanted to go at. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you're honest, you'll go, all right. Now, if you give me the choice, if I'd had the choice to stay, right, and people said, you know, you're going to stay. Well, I did have the choice to stay, actually. Then, and the deal was right, I'd have most probably stayed. Would I have played? You know what? Maybe I wouldn't have, and I'd have ended up going on loan. Because what happened was, I had been there now, um, that was coming up to 97, wasn't it? I'd been there now four years. And I've been travelling backwards and forwards. And in the last year, year and a half, I was travelling on my own. So I'd said to Mickey Adams, um, he said, right, I'll offer you another year. And I went, well, I, I want I want two years so I could move my family down. Cause my little boy was, he was about two then. I said, I need to move my family down, save all the travelling. And he went, oh, no, I'm only going to offer you a year. I said, well, I need two. Anyway, I went away on holiday, come back phones him up and I said um, right, what's going on and he said haven't you heard I went no and he went Alf Hyde's taken over and I went oh right and he goes and they, they used to always have a saying you're going to get on the train that's what they used to say don't ask get on the train no so <laughs> he used to go yeah don't don't even get me there just so he goes are you going to you, you going to get on this train or not and I went well I need two years because I want to move a family down. I want to get somewhere to live. And rah, 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 rah. And he went, no, nah, I'm only going to give you a year. So this, this train's moving fast or words to that effect. I went, you know what, I'll jack it in. He went, what? I said, I'll jack it in. Because you've got to remember, Dan, <laughs> what, six years previous, I was playing non-league football and working in the factory. Yeah, but I mean, I think a lot of the players that hang around, it didn't end well for them. No. Because of, no. of you know, there, there must have been, I don't care what anyone says, there must have been a bit of a divide. Keegan comes in, director of football, big name. The, the lore of, of, of um, going from Premier League or Championship to, or the old Division 1, down the division to the old Division 2, it was obviously going to be money involved and they were going to be on a lot more money than the players that got us there. So there was always going to be a clash. I think, I think that's, that's common sense. So I think the ones that hang around, maybe the, the fairy tale didn't end quite like yours did. Yours no. ended on a higher. Yeah, and then those lads might be a little bit bitter. Let's be fair, right? Simon was the one who hung around and did well. He did well because one is a good player. Him and Mickey Adams are very close. They were very close. So Mickey would have ensured that everything was all right. So when Mickey says to me, and I can't talk for anyone else, when Mickey says to me, right, I'm only going to give you a year, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm going, why would I sign for a year? I'm not being funny. I'll go back, I'll go back to the Midlands, play non-league and get a job. And most probably earn just a little bit less, in fact, earn about the same as what you would give me. Well, it must have been costing you a fortune in petrol. Oh, I don't even ask. Fucking hell, it's unbelievable, but don't even ask. And, yeah. I, and I didn't get expenses, by the way. Everyone else got expenses, I didn't, but that's another story. So I just went, 
Let's wait up here, Terry. I knew that Mickey Adams was going to try and sign Darren Moore. Right? And Darren Moore was all but going to sign for Fulham, but he went to Doncaster. Me and Darren are good mates now, and we laugh about it now. So, not being funny, Darren Moore is a better player than Terry Angus. So that would then mean there would have been Darren Moore, Terry Angus, um, Danny Cullip, Mark Blake, and Nick Kusek. So, sooner or later, people are going to be shipped out. So I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. I don't know. Give me two years, or else I'll go and get play non-league football, not bothered, because I'm now 30, 31. Yeah. So Mickey couldn't get his head around that, because, dare I say it, his, his arrogance means, well, if I ask you something, you should be able to do it. No, I do what I like. And because people, him, Ian Bramford from before, didn't really understand me and get how I saw and couldn't get in my mindset and always wondered, oh God, this geezer's travelling 120 miles one way to training and he's never, ever late. Never late, by the way. Never, ever late. So they couldn't grasp that. And then when you then say, right, I'm now not going to sign, they're like, what? But this is full on. We're going forward. I read the script. I'm thinking... I've read the script for me, but unfortunately, Mickey, you haven't read the script for yourself. Because with all due respect to you, you're good for getting teams from League 2 to League 1, but you ain't got enough clout to pull in the big names to take this club where they want to go. And so it, so it transpired. The exact same thing, same thing happened with Keegan's lot. You know, oh. you, know you had the likes of Breviet and Finnan. Um, Coleman stayed, mate Taylor in goal, but but the rest of them, it was like, well, yeah, Jeff Allsfield, top goal scorer, get him get promoted, and they go, now nah, we'll get Sahar, he's better than you. Yeah, I'm so not it, and that's the way it is. And he did I'm the same with mate Taylor. We 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 got promoted to the Premier League, but you know, two promotions in three years with mate Taylor in goal, unbelievable goalkeeper, and they go, yeah. well, we're in the Premier League now, we'll go and get Vandersar. Yeah, we'll get Vandersar. Vandersar's better than you. So and, if we tell you, it's just it, so it, although it's yeah, it's just football, isn't it? It just happened the whole way there. That's it's just he, a ruthless thing. Right. Okay. So right. So I'm curious to know how many Fulham players would make your best eleven of your career, and which ones? Do you know what? It's a great question. I think I think very hard because I've, I've played. Obviously, I've played in with boys who have been in a lower standard of football but I, I think off the top of my head thinking about it I would go with Robbie Herrera good Mickey choice Conroy, Mickey Conroy yeah and most probably Simon Morgan oh you got to have you got to have Morgs in there come on you only yeah, play with yeah. one Simon Morgan yeah I, I, I most probably would um, yeah. is that it I think I think that would be it Really? Yeah, because what what's what's the difficulty is Dan is that when I look at it and I go, uh, let's say for example, Duncan Job, right? Yeah. Duncan Job was a very very good right back. I was sorry, suspect defender, but good right back. But in my VS rugby days, I played with a lad called Nigel Niblett, who was outstanding, right? 
went on a trial for Man U and all the rest of it. In goal, I played with a lad called, older guy called Mickey Martin, right, at VS Rugby. Magnificent goalkeeper. And we're talking late 80s, non-league football, and anyone will tell you it was top, top standard. I played with a guy up front called Danny Conway. I played with a centre-back, Liam Holton, Steve Ross. I've played at um, Nuneaton, played at Nuneaton with a lad called Wayne Simpson. You know, there's, so even though they played at a lower level, these were top players. Well, you are giving me the impression you don't think the standard between the new League 2 and Conference is that big. You think there's a lot of lads capable, given the opportunity, could step up? Given the opportunity, yeah, but you got to remember, I'm going, I'm looking at 99, 2000, 2001, I played with some lads in that non-league era who were outstanding footballers. And given the exposure and the opportunity, right, some of them been pros, but given the exposure and opportunity for some others, they could have made it a big... It's hard to do it because League Two, 1996, 97 football is totally different to maybe that of now. I think our side then would most probably, maybe not as athletic, but would most probably beat a lot of the League Two sides now. Whereas... The non-league teams I played in in 89, if you was to equate it, would beat the Fulham side of 96-97. Really? Yeah, that's how, that's how hard it is to try and compare. And that's why I picked them three. Oh, because okay. I think them three were good. But when you look at uh, Rob Scott, most underrated player maybe in that entire squad who does not get the credit he deserves Rob mm. Scott honestly unreal I think they substituted him 75% of the game or something ridiculous but he was unreal unreal yeah the work honestly scary unreal Darren mm. Freeman again the goals that boy Produced for Mickey Conroy, the runs he made, unreal. Mm. Right back, Matty Lawrence. Yeah, you know, wingback so. Paul Watson, who yeah. went on to have a good career. Obviously, absolutely top lads and top players. It, it was a good and squad, that, wasn't it? I mean, it, oh, it wasn't like an eleven that, for that standard of football. It was, it was yeah. the squad was very good. It, it was, it was sixteen, and as I alluded to earlier, if you were coming into it. You knew what was expected of you. Yeah. Don't yeah. come in and have a soul cup. Come in because you knew once you were in and you did well, you'd stay. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, that's why, ironically, you never got many injuries in that squad that year. No, no, we didn't, do did we? Yeah, you never do when it's winning teams. You look you, at that. Well, you needed that little bit of luck, didn't you? I mean, we're having that this season. It's doing my head in. You know, uh, we, um, we've got such a good team on paper, but... It's no good on paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and the thing, the thing about the thing about that squad of then the Yemeni squad, there was no, you know, that term on their day players. Oh, on his days, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Our day was most probably every Saturday. Every Saturday, I would say, bar maybe about three or four Saturdays, 
we would all be seven out of ten or more. But, you know, credit to Mickey Adams, he, he built that. Yeah. And Alan Court, they built that. But we built it in ourselves because we would not accept defeat. We, we knew we would go away from home at some of the difficult places, right? Arlington away and turn them over 2-0. Mm. You know, we'd go to Hull away. We would go to these places and we'd go, okay, come on then, what you got? And look at the goals against record. So, that, yeah. Do you have a favourite goal? And was it your best goal? Because your favourite goal might not necessarily have been the best one. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I didn't score many. Oh, you did, uh, to be fair. For a centre-half, not bad. You scored no, about eight, didn't you? Really. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think, I think my, my most memorable one, I think, was scoring against Peter Shilton. Scored an OG. New Year's Day, I think, come off my shin and went in OG. And then I scored again. I scored to equalise. Um, I think that's my most memorable one. I haven't really got... I don't think I've got a favourite. So so was it the novelty of scoring against him? Yeah. And I think it was in his final game or something like that, or the last game ever. Well, and it's also nice if you score an own goal, or, you know, to, to redeem yourself in the same game. Yeah, but... You, you look a twat when you score an own goal, though, don't you? Uh, well, I've never talk s- about redeeming yourself. No, I've never scored an own goal, but um... yeah, cheers, thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Kill me, yeah, just kill me. Thanks. So yes, answer to that is maybe that one, but I don't I really remember them. If, if I if I was to watch a video of them, then I'd most probably go, oh yeah, that one, I like that one, or I didn't like that one. But yeah, I don't really remember because I was all about trying to keep clean sheets. That's all I was interested in. Yeah, yeah. Right, so who were your closest friends and, you know, who were your roommates staying in hotels and, and stuff like that? Right. Uh, do you know what? I suppose, I suppose closest friends would have been, would have been Nick Cusack and Herrera. Uh, even, even though I was close to a lot of them, I think maybe them two. Yeah, them two stand Robbie, out. Because, I think Robbie, because he played on the left hand side with me and we kind of got on mm. I don't know why and Nick I travelled in well no I'll rephrase that I didn't travel in with him he travelled in with me because I kept always picking him up until he moved to London was it, was so, that was that in peak time or non-peak time <laughs> exactly and you know what he did actually give it that one to meet him just off the M40 motorway yeah. then he used to give it ring me on the way down oh can you just pick me up at my house because my wife's just had to take the car uh, so it then got to me having to leave yeah. my house 15, 20 minutes earlier to drive through Wickham to get to his house, pick him up at his house, then drive back to the motorway. Then on the way back, when his wife was meant to pick him up at the motorway, oh, she's stuck in traffic. Oh, she's got to walk the dog. Oh, she's got one leg. I yeah. ended up dropping him back at his house. I'll tell you what, so, he'd, he'd do well in football now with the way they're pampered, wouldn't he? Well, he'd be, he'd be right up his street. So, I think it was them two. Answer to your question, it was them two. Did you have to, like, brush his teeth for him? Yeah, it's, I'm not being funny. <laughs> Terry, you got any, you got any shower gel? Terry, you got any toothpaste? <laughs> Terry, you got any that? Yeah, it is. Okay. Right. But no, we, we had a good routine between us and everything was fine. So, yeah. I think them two. Oh, um, okay. On top
Just have, I don't know why, I just love the name. You know, I, I can't, I can't really tear them apart. Um, Tony Lang and Mark Walton, to be fair, but um, it's just, the, it's the name, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I Wally's, love it. Wally's a great lad. Wally yeah. was a brilliant lad. Brilliant, brilliant lad. Yeah. Brilliant lad. But yeah. Anyway, go on. Next. Right. Um. Well, do you keep in touch with anyone? Nah. <laughs> oh no, no. They keep in touch with you. That's what I should no, ask. If I see them, it's brilliant. Um. Nick Cusack works at the PSA, so I bump into him occasionally. Yeah. So, no, I don't. I don't keep in touch with them. I tend to keep in touch with boys I've known for 40-odd years. Yeah. And if I see them, yeah, great. We'll have a lovely time and a lovely chat and all the rest of it. But no, I don't really. They're good lads and all the rest of it. But no, I, I stick with people I grew up with. My worst moment at Fulham was when we played... North, we were getting near the end of the season. We were winning and we were doing well going going for this whole thing. And we played Northampton at home. Northampton had Gary Thompson, Jason White and John Gale up front. Three big six foot three black lads. We were two nil down after 12 minutes. He took Matty Lawrence off and then he subbed me after something like 20 minutes. Something like that. He put Mark Blake on. Now, bear in mind, it's now coming to celebration time. Mm. I still believe to this day, call me bitter if you want, he was just looking for an excuse to get Mark Blake, who he travelled in with, on the pitch. So then he could keep him in for the glory game against Mansfield and the big game against Cambridge at the end of the season. That's my so, theory. So the celebration game for promotion, you didn't play? Uh, I think I played. I played Mansfield, didn't I? Nil nil, and then we had we had another one, and the, I think the last game of the season, Cambridge away. I think I was on the bench. I think I was, yeah. But that's the thing that got me. But there's there's a little thing. Oh, I just he's not my favourite person, but hey ho, we got to move on, don't we? Okay, no, don't. Can't can't live bitter. No, no, of course you can't. Yeah. Well, you can, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say, mate. I really don't. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Go on. No, it's all right. You're not going to break down on the phone, are you? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> okay, right. I remember I'm just a bus driver, all right? Yeah, all right. I remember. Yeah, I remember okay. just, I'm, not having, I'm not having that, but carry on anyway. That, that was it, isn't it? That's all the question. Not all of them, no, no, not, not quite. I'll tell you what, if Nick Cusack ever tries to get on my bus, I'm, I'm going to see him coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he will, he will do you. The one with no Oyster card. Right, yeah. um, what are you up to now? I work for the PFA, Professional Football Association. So I do loads of social inclusion and equality stuff. So whenever you hear players are getting into trouble for saying something they shouldn't say or doing something they shouldn't, yeah. I'm the one that deals with it. I work with a lot of clubs around the community side and social inclusion side to get more players involved in doing community stuff. So I do all that. So I've always worked with social inclusion. I've always worked with criminal-minded kids. So now I do all the equalities and all that kind of stuff. Great job. Great yeah, job. yeah, but it's Seriously. very rewarding as well. Yeah, great. It's just a great job. So I can't argue. Life's treating me well. Um, I bump into Simon Morgan occasionally. Yeah, does he work for the Premier League? He works for the Premier League. Yeah, doing the same sort of thing. No, he's 
he does a lot of things with match officials and match day and things like that. He, yeah. He's high ranking. We've got to ask pie or pasty? Pie. We've got to be a pie, innit? Out of interest, what, what, like, feeling? Right. Um, do, do you know what? I can't really trust it. I, I'm, I'm all over the steak, but I can't really trust it. So I'm happy for a cheeky chicken and mushroom oh mate you are you are a legend because that is my it has to be a chicken and mushroom it chicken and to. mushroom you know what you're eating then you, oh. have a steak, you could be eating next door's horse <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> or down the road's cat cat went missing two weeks ago you're eating pie you've the cat chicken and mushroom you know where you're at alright I love it a, play it safe pleasure. oh I'll mate talk to you it's been, it, yeah, it's been an honour it really has no thank you very much mate it's really been enjoyable alright uh, I hope I hope um, when this um, goes out I hope it comes across as a proper Fulham chat because this, this is exactly what Fulham is to me you know you've, you've been honest you've been open you've been f- such a gentleman and uh, it just it, it, well, it feels it just feels it feels natural it feels right you know I feel like I've known you all my life so, no, it's, it's been good, mate. I, I appreciate it. I really do. I really appreciate your time. No, Seriously. Good. It's been a pleasure. So, I thank you. Seriously, I thank you a lot. No, right. and, I, and I thank you for everything you've done for Fulham. Honestly, my my um, life supporting Fulham would have been very, very different <laughs> if it hadn't have been for your team. So, for me, you know, your team are just heroes. But they have to kick on now. And all I say is, and I'll finish on this, when I go, people go, oh, it's not the same, it used to be, uh, it couldn't have been the same for you to get where you are today. Yeah. It had to change. And it had to be that you can't just walk around the ground. It had to be that there's security all over the place because that's progression. Well, it's, as you've, got, as you've got to revolve where you stand still, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And if, as long as they don't move ground... Right, it will always be. Then memories will always last. But the minute they move ground, then you have to start again. No, no, no. They can never leave the ground. Well, you hope not. Terry, thank you. Thanks, mate. Bye, bye. Bye. Terry Angus there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Terry for taking the time to speak to me, and wish him all the best with his future. Please follow us on Twitter for updates when the next one will be released. There's plenty more to come. And Ray Houghton will be the next one up in a two-parter. Until then, my name's Danny Boyett. Really hope you enjoyed this one. And thank you for listening.